from Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. I realized this week I have to stop reading the news before I go to bed. No matter how much I really want to, it is counterproductive to falling asleep. Mainly, it's just so much. Reading up on current events sometimes makes it feel like brokenness, oppression, violence, and death are all the reigning forces in our world. Sometimes it seems like there is just so much suffering, whether it be spiritual, emotional, or systematic, it just seems inescapable. And so this week, as I've realized that maybe the news is better read after dinner, so there's time to process the day's events before sleep, I was grateful to see our text for today. Today we are celebrating All Saints Day, which was on November 1st. In our tradition, we celebrate All Saints Sunday, as we remember all of those who we have lost, those who are known to us, those who are unknown, those who suffered terribly, and for those who have not passed away, but for those relationships that have ended. For all this remembering, I am grateful for each of our scripture readings today, because this Sunday, amid turmoil in our world and grief in our lives, God gives us words of comfort and hope. God has been providing hope and comfort for God's children since the very beginning, because this world has been pretty broken since almost forever. And all our readings today have one common theme, comfort and hope. In our reading from 1 John, John writes a letter to the church at large. Many of the new Christian churches have been struggling. People were arguing over theology, over the divinity of Jesus, over what it was that they believed, and if they had the right beliefs. And so people were leaving the churches. These are the schisms and the broken relationships that existed as these churches split apart. The Reformation that we celebrated last week wasn't the first time churches fractured. And as many of us know who experienced these kinds of splits in our own church lives, Luther and the Reformation weren't the last either. And for many of us who have experienced this kind of hurt in our relationships with fellow church members, of the brokenness when congregations literally break up, or even how these splits are similar to the brokenness we might experience in our own personal relationships, we know how that emotional loss affects us. And John has a message for us, a message of hope and comfort 
during relational brokenness. On All Saints Sunday, we remember those who have passed, and we, we remember those loved ones who may still be living, but who are no longer parts of our lives. We can give thanks for the relationships we had and recognize the grief we are feeling at their loss. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. That is what we are. We are God's children, all together, even when we've been separated by brokenness. We don't know for sure what's coming next. We don't totally know what our futures will look like. But John says there's something we do know. We know that in broken relationships and schisms in our lives, in the body of Christ and in our churches, we know that God will be with us and that we will be with God. And these relationships are all connected to that relationship of love with our Lord. That is the hope and comfort John writes of in his first letter. A hope of relationship as children of God, a relationship that God has brought, is bringing, and will continue to bring, to bring all of us together. So that we can take comfort in God's reconciling work. So that we might have hope that the brokenness in our relationships can be healed through God's power and love. And then, one of the few times in our lectionary calendar, we get to hear from Revelation. And Revelation is a prophetic, apocalyptic vision, which sounds really scary, until you remember that prophecy doesn't always mean literal future vision, but means truth about God. An apocalypse doesn't actually mean end of the world. In the Greek, it just means an opening of eyes to be able to truly see it's a vision. And so in this vision, John shares so many truths about who God is to a hurting, unsure people. The church being written to in Revelation, all the churches that are listed are all dealing with different issues. They are dealing with questions about those who are Jewish or Gentile. These churches are facing loss of members, maybe due to spiritual crises, but also due to oppression from outside forces due to the violence afflicted, afflicted on Jesus' followers. And these churches are some of the first who are witnessing their loved ones dying. And they aren't seeing an immediate resurrection. Many of these churches thought for sure by this time Jesus would have returned, God's reign would be here in its fullest sense, not just breaking in as it began with Jesus. The initial readers of this letter were overwhelmed by the forces that appeared to be in control of their world. Forces of oppression, of violence, of death, those are the forces that seem to reign. How does one find hope amid all that brokenness? Where does one find comfort in the face of oppression? Well, obviously the book of Revelation. That's not where you go looking when you're looking for hope and comfort from God. In Revelation, like we'll see Jesus do in Matthew, there are promises made in a role of reversal. And this reversal brings hope and comfort to an oppressed and hurting people. The first half of our reading from Revelation describes the multitudes, huge, uncountable crowds surrounding a throne. And on this throne is not an emperor like Caesar. He's not a conqueror. He's not an oppressor. The one on the throne is not divisive or alienating. He's not inflicting violence or fear. He's nothing like the rulers or the people in power that the initial hearers of Revelation 
would have imagined. He's the opposite. This ruler is the lamb. The lamb who reigns from a place of love and hope and comfort and inclusion. The lamb who in this vision is surrounded by a great multitude from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. The lamb who reigns, who came to this world not as a conqueror, but as a baby. The lamb who does not impose power, but instead gave it all up on the cross for the salvation of God's children the salvation of the world that God so loves, to bring this hope and comfort, John shows us the reversal that God makes in God's reign through Jesus. That this reign brings comforting promise of God's love and saving grace, and God's reign, Jesus' throne, is one that brings the hope of something totally new. When he says that they will hunger no more and thirst no more, the sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat, this isn't just the realities of physical hunger and thirst and pain and suffering being comforted. This comfort of reversals describes that in the face of this world's forces of oppression, violence, and death, we are called to hunger for justice, to thirst for peace. We are stricken with heartbreak at violence and death in our world and in our news. We are worn down by the scorching heat of hatred and brokenness. In this reign of reversals that we see in Revelation, we are reminded that this comfort and hope isn't just for our physical selves, but for all of ourselves. This is Jesus calling us into action, into working in our world to reverse all this brokenness. God's reign, the throne of the Lamb, isn't some future idea. It's not just a hope for an end to suffering someday. This is meant to be a comfort to you right now, today, as we remember all those who have passed before us, who are missing from our lives, as we need comfort right now. This throne of the Lamb, this reign is already breaking into our world. Jesus has brought, is bringing, and will bring God's reign in its fullness. And this is a comfort and hope for all our needs and all our heartache whether that heartache is spiritual, emotional, or systematic. In Jesus' words in Matthew, he shares this reign of reversals with his disciples. We read these words from Jesus as a list of those who are blessed. To be blessed might sound as something that is only in the future, but just like the words of comfort and hope and revelation are more than just comfort and hope for us someday, this is comfort and hope for right now. Jesus tells us that he honors those who are often on the low end of our broken world. The poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are merciful, who are pure in heart, who are peacemakers, for those who are persecuted, Jesus knows that the forces that reign in this world rarely lift these people up as blessed or honored. And so Jesus reverses the expectations the world gives. That those who are poor in spirit, those who are suffering spiritually, are given honor and a place of leadership in God's kingdom, in God's reign. That those who are mourning, those who are suffering emotionally at the loss of loved ones, either by death or broken relationships, are given comfort and care by the one who sits on the throne. That those who hunger and thirst for righteousness who share mercy, who work for peace, who are persecuted for their good works and for their faith in Jesus, those who are suffering from the systematic brokenness of our world. 
To these are given the entire world. These will have their thirst for justice quenched. They will receive mercy, experience relationship with God. These who are called God's children and are called into participation in God's reign in our world. And for those who suffer, whether that be spiritual, emotional, or systematic, words of comfort and hope and blessing and honor for those who are hurt. And this comfort and hope is something that Jesus has brought, is bringing, and will continue to bring into our lives and into this world. Jesus brought it to us on the cross when he chose to empty himself of his divine power in order to sit on the throne as the lamb slain for the forgiveness of all our sins. Jesus brings us this hope and comfort in the love and new life we are given in Jesus' resurrection because the only conqueror on our throne is the one who conquers sin and death. Okay, again, the only conqueror on our throne is the one who conquers sin and death. So today, as we recognize all of the brokenness and hurt in our world, as we recognize this violence and oppression and death, and today as we remember all the saints, as we remember those who came before us, those who are still here but may not be with us, and for those who will come after us, as we remember those who are known and unknown, and we remember those who suffered, as we remember, we rejoice in the promises of comfort and hope and life that we are given in the Lamb who reigns in Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.